Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, everyone, all you wrestlers out there. Uh, we are the Samurai Brothers Wrestling Channel. My name is John. I'm here with my brother, Matthew. And uh, this is our inaugural uh, episode. Uh, we're trying to do a podcast just to kind of get give insight to everyone about uh, the sport of wrestling. And we'll be covering a variety of top topics going forward. Wrestling, obviously, and that can pertain to wrestling in the United States, at the high school level, at the collegiate level. And then if you go to other levels such as international and we'll be hoping to cover uh, that style too, even outside of the U.S., you know, obviously to the uh, world tournament, world's uh, championships. Uh, we also have some connections to Japan, so I'll be covering that as well. And then Matthew does, uh, he also writes um, for MMA Freak, which is a website that does cover the MMA scene. And I like to do... Um, uh, sumo wrestling related uh, things. So we'll be trying to go with that as we go along. Matthew, uh, thanks for taking the time today and uh, hoping that we'll have a great first episode. Yep, certainly hoping that. So I want to go ahead and get started. Obviously this weekend, you know, <laughs> around the country, this is, we're starting to get into that, that March Madness time frame for pretty much all sports you know whether it's high school or college and uh this weekend you know aside from california i think most of the states seem to be having their state title uh tournaments but uh for california specifically this is the weekend before the state championship and usually what ends up happening is we have what's called the league tournaments which is kind of the the first step to getting into the postseason. Then we have the CIF divisionals and then the masters tournament, which happened this weekend. And, and to place there, then you go to state. So that's the ultimate one uh, to get into that. So I think I just want to cover most of the big sectional tournaments that happened this weekend. Obviously it would have been everyone, but the ones that are really our main focus, we'll go ahead and go about that. So hoping that uh, you'll be able to price, provide some great insight as to what we have. So I want to go over first, and uh, I'll go ahead and uh, screen share this uh, just to see what we have here, if you don't mind. So let me, I'll, I'll show the stats I got. Uh, mainly we'll go over this one first, which was the... Uh, CIF Masters in the Southern Section. So, what we found here is that uh, we have uh, Temecula Valley uh, won the Southern Section uh, for the Masters Tournament this year, which is, uh, to me, I believe that's probably the first time in a long time that I've seen that they've been that competitive. I know that, uh, and just a disclaimer, I do officiate uh, high school wrestling myself, and I just so happen to be at that tournament that had the Temecula Valley 
team uh, divisionals. And I know that they ended up qualifying 12 to the Masters tournament. And in the end, they ended up winning. And it actually was really close because they only ended up winning by four points. If you see here, Palm Desert, Palm Desert, even though they only qualified eight wrestlers to state, they had six winners. And uh, they were your uh, second place for CIF Masters uh, in the Southern Section. And then the third place went to Calvary Chapel, who we both know uh, had a successful run in the early 90s. And uh, they've been a consistent competitor uh, within the Southern Section. So, Matthew, just kind of give us a breakdown what you think about how, you know, that these teams, uh, you know, Temecula Valley winning the Southern section followed by Palm desert. Uh, you know, give us, give us your thoughts on what you think about the, that this is kind of a turnaround compared to the recent years that we've seen. Well, this is kind of interesting because I don't ever recall there being a time where Temecula Valley was like ruling the Southern section. They've always done well. They've always been consistent. They've always won CIF divisional championships. They've won dual meet championships and, They've, they've done very well on kind of like the lower to middle tier levels, but I don't recall them ever being this competitive to the point where they're, they could theoretically compete for state with that many wrestlers. So this is kind of a new thing, and it's interesting that they would be able to pull that off. Um, Palm Desert is also a new name because you don't, typically see them in terms of the top level schools when it comes to the CIF master's tournament. Other schools are obviously very familiar. Calvary Chapel, even though their heyday was in the late 90s, early 2000s, they're still, they've always, always been consistent. They've always been in there. St. John Bosco, Fountain Valley, Northview, even Esperanza, they're all very familiar names. But here we have Temecula Valley, who, though they've been a familiar name, have not always been in contention. But here they are winning the Southern Section Master Sherman, qualifying 11 for state. We could theoretically see them have a historic run here, if not for the state tournament, definitely for their school history. So it's definitely going to be interesting. And also, like I said, Palm Desert's not really a name you think of when you think of the Sun Section Master Tournament either. But here these two schools are. Mm -hmm. Like I said, Temecula Valley has been consistent in terms of actually being there. They've consistently sent people to stay. They've consistently performed very well. But seeing them actually be in a place where they could possibly contend is very interesting. And one also has to remember that when you're talking about the Southern Section Masters, you're talking about the largest section in the state. Even though most of the state championships, at least in the modern era, have come from the central section, which we'll get to, the southern section is the largest, and you do still see some competitive schools coming out of there. So, but we haven't seen a southern section state championship since Calvert Chapel. So, we might be seeing a southern section revival. Hard to tell, but we'll, we'll see how state goes next weekend. 
So I just want to point out to um, certain people, you know, if they watch this, this video and, and uh, just kind of comment on uh, where have these guys been, have they even been following the seasons? So just an FYI, you know, we're just trying to see how things are out there. So apologize if we might have missed some details. So I am looking at the, uh, the current state rankings for uh, the high schools this year. And uh, at number one right now, they do have Buchanan. Uh, and then number two is Poway, but we are seeing right here, number three, Palm Desert, number four, Temecula Valley. So these schools are making a rise here, but I do want to point out that these schools, neither of these schools, it looks like aside from, so in the 2020 tournament, now you got to remember that 2021 was canceled due to the, uh, the COVID uh, pandemic, although there was an invitational tournament that was put together by volunteers. And, you know, I'm not going to discount, you know, the accomplishments that, that the wrestlers put in for who participated in that tournament. Although, you know, because it was not a CIF sanctioned event, we have to reference then the 2020 tournament and the results from there. Now I am saying that Palm Desert did end up placing 17th at the 2020 tournament, but, you know, I'm looking that Temecula Valley is nowhere to be seen in those top 20 rankings. So I think the biggest surprise out of, you know, any of these schools that are probably going to be showing up to this year's tournament, the biggest surprise is going to be Temecula Valley. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Well, another thing we have to look at is the broad scope of what, the pandemic ultimately the consequences that ended up having because you would think that with there were a lot of negative consequences that we saw uh like if we want to go to the college level some programs went belly up which has been an ongoing issue but what we didn't see was how things might be affected not just in terms of the negative way for high schools but in a positive way what we may not have predicted was the fact that this would have given some of the high schools maybe a chance to rebuild in a unique way that they wouldn't have been able to otherwise. That's probably why here we have Temecula Valley and Palm Desert. Because um, what, I mean, what else are these guys going to do? Now, officially, obviously officially, you know, they weren't supposed to be competing and stuff like that. But of course, like even at the, the club level. But of course, you and I knowing how things work, obviously there's ways to get around that in a certain way. So we can only assume that these schools were still in a rebuilding phase to that degree. Now, there's not obviously not any surprises. Like I said, Calvert Chapel's had this because these programs have these like feeder system clubs and that's one of the things that Temecula Valley was very good at. So, and uh, Calvert Chapel also does that. And the Central Valley schools like Buchanan, Poway, they have these feeder systems. We consistently will see them at these, these off-season uh, wrestling tournaments. Right, via the, the youth club, um, you know, off-season youth clubs. Right, through USAA and to a lesser, a lesser degree nowadays, the AAU. But yeah, they have, they have these feeder systems. And so what we may not have expected was would be these feeder systems 
essentially uh, going into overdrive during the pandemic. Because what else are these what else are these kids going to do? They're cramped. It's like they've been cramped up for the longest time, and so they want to do something. So if they get the opportunity and are going in there and like and working on it, it's like we may not have predicted this. So this is probably why we're seeing Palm Desert and Temecula Valley coming out of nowhere to become these like powerhouses. Like I, and like I said, Temecula Valley has always been consistent, but here they are all of a sudden, they've been like going consistent all of a sudden or like jumping uh, up all of a sudden. So this is very interesting to see. And it's gonna see how this first, um, I'll just say first post lockdown, but this first post lockdown tournament state tournament is gonna go. Right, this will be the first, you know, true state tournament via post lockdown that uh, the state of California will have. And uh, so I want to kind of go back and, and see, you know, um, now obviously uh, what I've done is I've arranged this, uh, this table um, based on how many of the team, you know, how many wrestlers actually qualified for each team and ranking them that way. And I did of course um, put their, their actual team placing uh, to the left. So obviously you have Temecula Valley. They qualified the most, obviously with 11. Uh, and then next up the, the team with the second most was Calvary Chapel who ended up taking third and Palm desert, even though they only got eight, they finished in second place. And it was only a four point difference between Temecula Valley and Palm desert. And it shows by the fact that, Palm Desert went six for six in the finals. Yeah, that is something that helped Palm Desert is that even though they had, they're taking less teams, they've got clearly um, more guys going in there. And that might be what um, in the long term might edge them out because these lower level placers for Temecula Valley, they might go, uh, for example, to and out, or they might be out before the last day. Whereas the Palm Desert guys, could potentially it's you just have to look at the results and the results are that you've got six master champions so they're going to go into the state tournament hungry and they could very well you know do something at the state tournament but something else i'm going to point out too with calvert chapel one thing that a lot of people have to remember dane valdez he is a product of John Azevedo's Calvary Chapel teams during the, the 90s. He is part of that dynasty. So he's essentially the embodiment of that state run. We could, this might be his way of becoming not a state champion wrestler anymore, but a state champion coach. This, this is because he finished up in wrestling he went to oklahoma he uh, wrestled at the world stage he established himself and then what does he do Comes back home he which you don't see very often he decided to come back home to calvary chapel and give back to the you know this this little private school that no one had had heard of in the sports community before before the run before the run so it's very possible that we could see a generational revival in terms of the performance of Calvary Chapel under Dane Valdez. 
And really, that, that run, you know, when you consider it, that's no joke because that was, I believe, four titles in that time frame. Was no, that it? was it. I think it was like six or seven. So like they, they set a record that was only broken by one of the Clovis schools. I can't remember which one, but one of the Clovis schools back when the Valley started coming back. Well, we'll have to make sure that we uh, go back to it because uh, uh, you and I both are pretty, how, how I say, attentive when it comes to details like that. So I'm sure that we'll be able to give our audiences something to look at when we are able to compile that data together. So I do want to actually look, though, uh, you know, because, hey, we've got uh, these are top five teams, you know, that are going from the southern section into into the tournament for this upcoming uh, for this upcoming weekend. Uh, you know, this uh, on uh, the I believe it's going to be the 24th, 25th and 26th uh, of February. And it's going to be taking place in Bakersfield. Uh, they changed the name. It used uh, apparently it used it was Rabobank Arena. Uh, I will have to look up uh, to see what they actually changed it to, uh, because I guess new sponsor and we know how that has changed all the time. The Staples Center just became the Crypto.com Center. So, and then you know we used to we used to live down the street from the Arrowhead Pond. It's the Honda Center now. So. So, yes. So, um, anyway, for those who are interested in going to the state tournament, it's going to be the Mechanics Bank Arena, and the state championships will take place from the 24th, 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 25th, and 26th of February, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday this week. And so, if you want to go out and cheer your team, you know, I would definitely try to get out there. We don't really have uh, any dogs in the fight, but we do like to see how things things go uh you know we we've all we've been doing wrestling you know since we were what 10 and 12 and uh you know even though we're kind of out of the game we still like to see how teams do and stuff so well i don't have any personal dogs in the fight especially considering that you know you i don't bill park it i did i don't know if bill park even sent anybody even they, though they just no your they, alma mater did not get anyone to the uh to the state tournament. That's despite the fact that they had literally a historic run um, uh, not too long. Uh, what was it? Last year, year before? They, they, had, they had a state finalist that, that hadn't, hadn't accomplished that before. Um, also of note, since I brought up my uh, alma mater, is the fact that during the, uh, the, duel, the, the CIF duels uh, phase, they actually qualified their girls' wrestling team to the CIF duels tournament. That's, you know, it's. That's. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's well, yeah, it's, you know, women's wrestling has kind of been a little divisive. And so it's, it's rather interesting because, you know, um, well, we'll just say that we, we know certain people who are not big fans of women's wrestling, but. You know, it's still been amazing to see it go from, you know, girls competing with guys like I'll just throw out Victoria Anthony, who like her senior year went on this historic CIF championship run to become the to do something that no other woman had accomplished. And then uh, you had Tatiana Padilla, who is now in the UFC, went on to win a world championship and stuff like that. And she had to compete with the boys as well. 
so to me, it's just amazing how far it's gone. Because remember, there was that year when there was a point where they had a women's state tournament, but it was a USAA wrestling sponsored event. So here it is, however many years later, we have actual women's wrestling and my alma mater qualified for the CIF duels. It's, it, to me, it's just mind blowing to where we've gotten to the, in that regard. And then of course we have women's wrestling, which is one of the, um, the women's, I uh, forget what, what the program is in the NCAA, but they have a invitational in the NAIA. It's, 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 it's gotten pretty big. Oh yes. And, and that's something that we'll have to cover uh, definitely in another episode, but I know for a fact that women's participation in the sport of wrestling has exploded over the years, especially when um, states have been making it an actual sport. Now, the interesting thing is that, you know, all 50 states still don't have a women's state championships yet. And, but, you know, I think, and that may be just because of the fact that there is still a lack of participation or something to that effect, maybe because they don't have enough participation that they really can't sanction uh, the sport, that it still might be in, uh, you know, a developing phase. But so that's something definitely to cover uh, in another episode in the future. For sure. I'm going to point this out. I think there might actually be one or two states that actually don't have a, a wrestling championship at all. I'm, I might be wrong, but if, 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 if all 50 states do sponsor men's wrestling championships, then it happened within the last decade. It like, I think it's, I think there's like one state that might be in either the Midwest or the South that does not sponsor wrestling. Like even Alaska sponsors wrestling. Yes. Cause I remember uh, there was, uh, and we'll have to, I'll have to look this up, but I do know that there was a, there was a female participant uh, several years back who she actually won the state tournament competing against the boys. Now, granted. That was in South uh, North or South Carolina, I can't remember. I think there was one in Alaska too, and I'll I'll look it up to make sure because uh, what happened was though she she basically it was in the lightest weight class at the time, and I believe that she was a senior compared to you know uh, normally when you're in the lightest weight class and the boys you're you know to win state as a senior at the boys level you know, when you're in that growth phase is a little bit difficult. Uh, but again, we can look that up at another time. I, I forget, I forget is the, um, this just shows how far out of it I am is I forgot is, is, uh, is the, the lightest weight class 107 or 109 nowadays. So currently to my knowledge, it is 108. Okay. But uh, I think that is with the two pound allowance. So I think it's actually technically it's 106. Okay. Well, of course, you know, uh, uh, probably about a decade ago, the it was a high school realignment of the weight classes anyways, which just which threw things off a little bit. So. Well, and then here's something that will be interesting is that the. Um, what is it? The NFHS, which is the National Federation of High Schools, they are the overseeing body of all high school sports. Now, they are going to give an option in the in 
next couple of years to states, depending on their wrestling population, uh, to either go with a 14-class system, a 13-class system, or a 12-weight-class system. So the states will get to – they will give the states the option to choose how many weight classes. Yes, this is going to be a thing. Uh, I have it. I have it in the NFHS rule book. Uh, and so, yes, states will uh, be able to choose how many weight classes that they want to run for the season. Now, I would imagine, you know, based on the fact that California is the most populous wrestling community in the nation that they will stick with the 14 weight classes. So would this be an option for like the states with smaller population sizes to like not That's have probably to- what they're going to do? Because probably what you're seeing happen is that depending on the state that there probably isn't enough participants, you know, to get into the postseason. that might be what, what is happening now. I don't know for sure. Uh, but I do know that, again, this is going to be a thing where states are going to be allowed to choose how many weight classes that they want to do uh, for the season. So it'll be either 12, 13, or 14. Well, I can tell you that. I know for a fact that Missouri is not going to have a problem. Because, so for those, for those of our audience that don't know, I wrestled at Missouri Baptist University, and I got to get a feel for the wrestling there. High school wrestling definitely doesn't have a problem. And in some ways, that's because the quality of wrestling there is actually probably higher than um, in California, but but it's a different culture out there. And it, it, well, yeah. and uh, you have to consider some of the other states where wrestling is very much a big thing out there. For example, when you get into like the Oklahoma territories, uh, you know, you get into places where the uh, Big Ten uh, conference, you know, in college rules over that area, you know, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Pennsylvania, because Pennsylvania is consistently one of the top uh, states for wrestling, as well as, you know, player, places like Ohio and Illinois and Oklahoma. So, you know, you could probably imagine that those states will probably continue going with a 14 class system. Yeah, let's let's be perfectly honest. Uh, California, while it has the largest state tournament and the largest number of participants, if you probably look at, for example, the percentage of participation is probably a little bit lower than those Midwestern states where wrestling is king. So where, you know, the where you have these these college level dynasties so yeah those states where wrestling is like a very key factor those are going to be areas where that are still going to maintain the 14 weight class uh, system um i would imagine that the weight class to be eliminated is going to be dependent on the the, the state weight classes probably yeah, and definitely that's uh, again, you know, as uh, as we keep talking and these topics keep pump, you know, keep turning up, you know, that's more that we can discuss uh, as we go along with this with this series. So, uh, just to kind of wrap up, you know, where 
uh, the southern section is. Let me just go back to this real quick. I would like to point something out with that that top five. Um, you know, St. John Bosco, while they've been up there, realistically, St. John Bosco is more like a um, – it's more like a school that produces good individuals like the – what are those brothers that went to Arizona? Uh, the, the the Valencia brothers. The Valencia brothers. They, they have good individuals, but I, they, which is what puts them into state. But in, but ultimately, I don't think they've really had the ability to develop a strong enough actual giant team in order to actually perform at state in well, terms of content, and- like like contention. Well, and actually, let me let me kind of get into that. So I'm looking at the the uh, the team scores from last year, and uh, St. John Bosco was actually the highest placing team in the Southern Section. They took second um, at the 2020 state tournament. Now, granted, Buchanan ended up winning with the score of 261, while St. John Bosco ended up with a team score of 183 and a half points. So the clear winner to that was Buchanan, but uh, Bosco only ended up edging third place Poway by one point. So how many people they had in there? Well, obviously we would have to go back and look at the brackets, um, but that's, you know, a, a story for another time, but yes, you're right. Bosco has always had good individuals and maybe that's, you know, because of the fact that they're recruiting them or something, but, you know, it seems that they will feel the competitive team, but it's just that it's really those certain individuals that are really going to stand out. Oh yeah. We should probably bring up the fact that Bosco has, and isn't this a general frown upon, but they, they have a tendency to actually go out of their way to try to recruit wrestlers. Well, probably. I don't know too much about their recruiting tactics, but like I think that what that's what happened with the Valencias was that they get, you know the the coach went out of their way to essentially try to get them on scholarship because Bosco is a private school to get them in there. Whereas um, on the other hand, for like Calvert Chapel, they're a private school, but they home grow all their talent. So. Um, and it, yeah, it's just one of those controversial things where, you know, I, I know that some people weren't exactly happy with them, you know, getting the Valencias and stuff like that. Whereas, but then again, um, like, for example, if we're going to talk about most school championships with the exception of Calvert Chapel, they're all public schools. Yeah, good point to bring up here. So with that being said, though, um, I think overall, yeah, looks like the the top performing school, uh, you know, uh, from la- from the last tournament, Bosco, uh, they are still taking eight wrestlers to state, um, and it looks like, but they placed uh, fourth at the Masters. So we'll have to see how they're going to do. They did have one champion, obviously, as, as you can see here. Uh, and we'll just have to see how they're going to do. But again, so the two teams that are taking at least 10 plus wrestlers to state from the Southern section is going to be third place Calvary Chapel and your winner, which is Temecula Valley. So with that being said, 
I uh, just want to kind of cover uh, some of the other uh, schools or the other sections, you know, to, to kind of see where, you know, where we might be standing, you know, with the team teams uh, for this upcoming year. So let me go, let me just kind of bring up the, my cheat sheet here to see where everyone is standing. So I uh, want to cover next the San Diego masters. Now, this was a complete blowout and you have Poway and Poway qualified all 14 weight classes to state 416 team points for Poway. Second place was nowhere close. Rancho Bernardo with 255 and a half points. Rancho Bernardo did end up qualifying 10 to state. So they are one of those few teams this year that will get that. But Poway, my goodness, I was looking at the results. 14 finalists, 12 winners. Your breakdown of that. Well, so here's the thing that's always that has, here's the big advantage that Poway has always had. They have been the big fish in the small pond that is the San Diego section. That's where they've always had the advantage, and that's why they've multiple times been able to take a full team to state, and why several times they've won it is because they just need to get out of that small that small pond in order to get into the bigger, essentially the lake that is the state tournament. And like I said, it has benefited them at times where they've been able to get you know, where at times they've been able to win the state tournament, but it is, it's, it's definitely to their advantage. But one thing that has to remember, like I said, they're the big fish in the small pond. If they were, for example, in like the Southern section, they may not be consistently qualifying 14 teams, but like, let's face it, no one qualified 14 teams out of the Southern section. So the whole idea that they're going out there, they're qualifying 14 people, Blowing out everyone else, it's because of the fact that, like I said, they are the good team. They are, they, I mean, calling them the big fish in the small pond. Now, that might sound a little uh, demeaning and might, might be downplaying their talent and accomplishments and stuff like that. It's not, though. Because it just means that it's it's really more of a strategy. Now, like a lot of schools, they do have a feeder program going on in there. And so the I but they do have an advantage in that they're able to qualify more people because they have a, a shorter, easier way to the championship. So, so I am looking and Poway was ranked second in the state rankings uh, before this weekend, obviously. So it sounds like that Poway was doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing. Now I am looking at Rancho Bernardo, who was the second place team in the San Diego masters. And I will have to say that, you know what? They are no joke either though, because they are ranked 20th within the state. And I think just having a ranking uh, within the top 50 you know, on these rankings, I think is very respectable. Um, it's just that I think Poway is just too much for them to be able to make a, a dent 
in Poway's mission, you know, which is trying to get back on top of that podium. Yeah, and that is true. The fact that Poway is ranked number two in the state rankings, that just does just go to show that while they do, like I said, have an easier path to the state championship, they are no joke. So it's, but what I'm saying is like on more of a downer year, it would be a little bit easier for them to be able to go and qualify more to the state championship. Like I'd, I'd say that I've seen them qualify more at the state champ, more people to the state championship than any other school on a consistent basis because of the fact that, like I said, there's a big fish in the small pond. So, and like I said, that doesn't take away from them. I mean, there's several, you know, to, for the metaphor, I mean, there's several species in nature that are a bigger fish in a smaller pond that can destroy anybody. So that's not downplaying them. They're clearly ranked well, but again, they do did have an easier path to championship. So we'll, we'll see how they do. So I am looking at the 2020 results uh, for uh, both Poway and Rancho Bernardo because it looks like they're the only ones that I can see that were made it into the top 20 from the San Diego section. Now Poway obviously is a, as we noted a, a bit earlier, that they finished one point behind uh, St. John Bosco uh, for the final team standings at the 2020 tournament. So they took third. Rancho Bernardo, though, they did have a respectable finish at the 2020 tournament. They did rank ninth uh, with 89 points. So, you know, kudos uh, uh, to them for getting that done. And we'll have to see if, if they can rank in the top 20 uh, for the upcoming tournament. So uh, with that being said, let's move on to the central section, one of the monster sections. The snake with, pit. Within the tournament. And the, the snake there's just, pit. There's just no getting around it. Uh, you know, these, these are the true powerhouses of the state. And, you know, there's... And it's not just when you think about it, because first you've got Buchanan, who is ranked number one, just to give you an idea of, of just the monsters, again, like you're saying, this this snake pit, it's just <coughs> hell on earth to try and get out of this. I, you know, if, if you're not really at these schools, it's going to be really difficult to try and, and, you know, be a winner. You've got Buchanan. You've got Clovis High School, which technically this is Clovis South High School because there's four Clovises. Um, and you have Clovis North, which has also been uh, one of the dominant schools, too. And you also have Bakersfield, which they might not be as powerful, but they have been a consistent, uh, you know, player uh, within that section as well. So when I'm looking at here, uh, at least for this time around, Buchanan. Buchanan was actually trailing Clovis High School uh, on after the end of the first day at the central section masters, cause I was checking the results, but in the end Buchanan came back to win the tournament. Uh, and I would have to say that this, this was closer probably than you would consider something like the San Diego section. Buchanan ended up with 442 team points versus Clovis high school 
who finished second with 400 and a half team points. Now, here's where I think the difference was. Buchanan did qualify all 14 weight classes to the state tournament, and 12 of those wrestlers were in the finals. Um, but I think what ended up hurting Clovis High School, when I checked and looked at the results, they did end up losing one person. Uh, so they did not qualify one weight class to state. So they are only taking 13 compared to Buchanan. Now, uh, when you look at the rankings here, Buchanan is the number one team. They are the, the team to beat uh, at this upcoming tournament. Clovis, though, you know, they are ranked number five. And uh, when you look at Clovis, North was the third place team. Uh, they, but unlike Clovis, a.k.a. Clovis South, Clovis North did qualify all 14 wrestlers to state. And then the last, uh, you know, very competitive team, which is Bakersfield, ranked 13th in the state prior to this weekend, and they qualified 12 uh, to the state tournament uh, with Frontier High School rounding out the top five having qualified seven to state and being ranked 19th before this weekend. So all in all, you know, and again, when I'm looking at the 2020 state tournament, Buchanan, again, we just, we mentioned that earlier, they were the winner. Clovis took fourth um, and actually Selma high school was the next highest central section team uh, that finished at the state tournament in fifth place. Uh, followed by Clovis North at sixth and Bakersfield at eighth. So last tournament, you had five teams in the top 10 from the central section, which would explain why, you know, normally they are the ones that get the most, they, they get the most slots um, available uh, for the state tournament with the top 10 going versus the southern section, which only gets uh, nine. But, again, you know, these teams, Buchanan, Clovis, Clovis North, Bakersfield, you know, all teams getting, you know, 12-plus wrestlers and being the powerhouses, you know, being the major powerhouses that they are in the state. Matthew, what, are, what is your reaction to that? What do you think? What, what do you think that we have to look forward to for these teams going into the state tournament this upcoming week? Well, one thing – for people to understand. Now, at one point, the Sun section was the section that was getting the most representatives to the state tournament because of the quantity. The Sun section is the most popular section in the state. The reason why nowadays the central section sends more people is because of quality. It's a quality over quantity thing. They are, these are the schools that win the state championship on a regular basis. I think probably within the last decade they've taken eight or nine out of the ten they're just the better schools they this like i said this is a snake pit this is the place where the big boys come to play this is the place where where champions are made where the guys who will go out and wrestle for other schools on full ride scholarship this is where these guys are bred so this is really not a surprise that the, the state favorite Buchanan is qualifying all of their people. And even like Clovis North came in third, 
they're still taking all of their people. So, and if you look at most of the state championships, most of the state championships are won by Clovis area schools. Clovis, Clovis is West, Clovis North, Clovis East, Buchanan. These are all the teams. And even Bakersfield, Bakersfield is known for its wrestling. They've won a few state championships, obviously not as consistently as the Clovis area schools, but still this, this is the area. The Central Valley is the place where champions are born. If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're in the varsity lineup at a central section school, you have it pretty well made. You're most likely going to state. You're most likely placing in state. You're most likely going to be able to go to, oh, to wrestle in college if you want to. Well, and not just wrestle in college, but wrestle in a D1 program. Probably, yeah. Well, and, and uh, because I think uh, there was a time where we were seeing some wrestlers from Clovis and Buchanan. They were going to to D1 powerhouses such as Penn State and some other places. So, yes, these schools are going to be looked at, and, and the state tournament is definitely the place where it's an it's excellent scouting opportunity. And you can be sure that there's probably going to be a lot of schools out there uh, that are going to be doing that, especially when it comes to D1, D2. Now, obviously, you know, you'll get some D3 and NAIA in there too. And probably the, you know, maybe some of the wrestlers that end up missing out, you know, they could end up going to, you know, the, the JC level or an JCAA level also. Well, obviously our, our joke uh, is the fact that um, the, the, the guys who never made the varsity lineup in those schools are probably going to Fresno city and, and are, and are making a name for themselves there. Cause they're, they're the guys who didn't, make it and they were perpetual junior varsity guys who you know now they're go they get their time to go to the Fresno City and you know win win state championships there. So so I, I have to I have to point out especially when it comes to just the brutality of, of what it takes to just win the state tournament and especially when it comes to winning the uh you know the master's level at you know in the central section and you got to imagine probably when a when there's a duel between you know clovis and buchanan i remember uh, a few years back when when they had a uh, a duel and they were streaming it on uh either flow or somewhere and the fact the fact of the matter was was that you know the 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 tickets to go see it in person were sold out and in order to actually be able to view it online you had it was it was you had to pay to watch the stream which is that just means that that's how big these two schools are and i can imagine that you know you're not just going to get uh you know some ref you know some official who's been doing you know officiating for you know maybe five six seven years you're probably going to get an ncaa level referee to to officiate that match because I can imagine that uh, Buchanan and Clovis would probably be on par with, and it's probably above JC, maybe even more akin to a D3, D2 duel. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. And one also has to remember is that, like I said, these schools are all within close proximity to each other. I don't know how many of them are in the same league, 
but they're probably they probably are I few cannot, probably are in the same league. I, I I just cannot imagine. Can yes, can you imagine being in that league? It, that, just that league alone, and you got to wonder how many that you know the the. It's a killer's row area. It's if you're if you're in the Clovis area, you're in the killer's row. So and actually, I'm looking at just the the um, how um, how dominant you know that it's been uh, because if you remember, Clovis itself had been going on this uh, uh, repeat of state championships for a number of years before Buchanan broke that streak, and I think it was something like a four or a five peat, if you recall. But now I'm looking because so. 2015, Clovis was the school that took the state uh, state title. But from 2016 to 2020, it's been Buchanan. So Buchanan is currently on a five-peat streak. So that means that, again, with their coming from behind and winning the Masters in the central section and then being ranked number one, so that means that you know it's their mission – for this coming weekend to take that sixth consecutive title. What's your thoughts on that so far? Well, they're, they're a team on a mission. And of course the, the this is a strong rivalry. I, I have no idea how many times, you know, sucker punches are thrown or anything like that, but this is a very in-depth rivalry. These schools, I have no idea if they necessarily hate each other, but they definitely don't love each other. They, they, they're, they're out for blood. They want the state title and they will go out and they'll do whatever it takes to get it. Obviously Clovis probably isn't happy with the fact that they aren't taking a full team. They're like, you know, they're, they're going to go out there and they're going to try to come back at Buchanan. The fact that they had to lose to Buchanan in the master Sherman probably doesn't help them that much either. So Again, these teams are going to go out there and they're going to fight tooth and nail. Anyone else is just in the way. That's a very that's a very interesting way to, to look at that. So we'll have to definitely see. And, you know, again, you've got Clovis North and Bakersfield. They'll be kind of there. But, yeah, I think uh, we'll be seeing the Buchanan. Buchanan is going to make sure that, you know, they are heard uh, at this upcoming weekend for certain. So with that being said, to kind of close out uh, some of the other sections that we have, I'm looking at, uh, so, you know, you have your your Central Coast section, which um, the winner of that was, uh, you know, the, the current uh, perennial powerhouse in that section, which is Gilroy. And um, you're very familiar with, uh, you know, who's heading up Gilroy. Uh, but before we get into that, just to say they won the, they won their Central Coast master section with, 312 and a half points. And they qualified 11, the state. So they joined that, that club this year of 10-plus uh, wrestlers to state. Uh, second place was Los Gatos with 217 points, and they were one shy of, uh, of uh, a 10-team, 10 uh, 10-member 10 team to state, so they take nine. Uh, rounding out third, fourth, and fifth, St. Francis, uh, who are sending six to state and Fremont and Palma were the fourth and fifth place finishers. Um, so, uh, and then also to kind of get into how Gilroy uh, has done, 
they're currently ranked eighth uh, before this weekend. Uh, so obviously, I think they really uh, performed accordingly uh, to that. And uh, just seeing how they uh, ended up doing uh, at the 2020 tournament where they took seventh uh, with 127 points. So your thoughts on uh, how Gilroy will be expected to be doing this weekend? Well, one thing to remember is that Gilroy was the last central, non-central section team to win a state championship. Obviously, they're not expected to do as well this year, and they're 11 might not seem that far behind, but it's very far behind when you're talking about the central section teams. So they might be able to go in there and do relatively well, but the fact of the matter is they're well removed from that, that state championship that they were able to pull off several years ago. So they, they might do pretty well, but we'll ultimately, I, I doubt that they're going to be able to usurp Buchanan. If anyone's going to usurp Buchanan, it's going to be, it's going to be Clovis. Clovis high school. Um, and then, uh, Kind of wrapping up our our major masters uh, sections. Um, so then you have the other major section uh, within the state, and that is the Sacramento Joaquin section. Uh, Vacaville, who uh, I believe has had a state uh, championship uh, in the past, uh, but they're also a consistent uh, finisher at the state tournaments. So they ended up winning that section with. 341 points and they did qualify 13 to state. So no joke there when it's coming to uh, how they did. And uh, I'm looking at uh, their rankings. So they were seventh going into this state tournament. Um, And then when I'm looking at how they did at the state championships back in 2020, they actually only finished 15th. So and then we did have another team that did qualify more than 10 wrestlers out of that section, which is Oakdale. They finished second place with 268 points. They qualified 11 to state. Now, if I'm looking at their state ranking, they're actually not far behind Vacaville. Um, they, were, they are ranked 12th in the state. Um, and if I'm looking at their final rankings, they actually finished ahead of Vacaville at the 2020 tournament by half a point. So what do you think about these two teams coming out of Sacramento, Joaquin, uh, Vacaville and Oakdale? Do you think that they're going to make some noise at all for this upcoming tournament? Well, Vacaville has Vacaville state championship. I think it was probably in the two thousands. So they're a little bit further away. I mean, this I'm. This is probably even more of an idea of them being a bigger fish in the small pond because Poway's been more consistent, but Vacaville, like I said, it's been it's been a while since they, since their state tournament, and I, I just don't see them making as much of a impact i if anyone i think gilroy would probably have more of a chance there and it's it's i i I hate to point out and call these other teams bigger fish in small ponds but that's kind of how it looks and obviously it's played to their advantage 
like I said, Vacaville, Gilroy, Poway, they've all won state championships coming out of smaller sections, but I don't, they, they might do relatively well, but I don't see them, them pulling any kind of an upset. All right. So with that being said, again, uh, we are seeing that, uh, you know, other uh, states have had their wrestling, uh, state wrestling tournaments. And uh, I think probably what we'll try to do is uh, at the conclusion of the state tournament this upcoming weekend, you know, we will try to have our, our next episode uh, regarding uh, high school wrestling in that sense. Uh, uh, what, I, what we are hoping to do, uh, at least for that, uh, get that out there. And then uh, from time to time, um, Matthew and I will try to release uh, other episodes talking about uh, things going on with MMA or things going on with uh, sumo wrestling or international wrestling. So we'll be trying to get to those. Um, if, so Matthew, if, anything, really, the, if anything, to bridge the gap, because let's face it, there are gaps in wrestling. Oh, yes, there's there's major gaps in wrestling here and there. So, Matthew, thank you very much for, for coming on and uh, giving your insight as to what we can expect going into this uh, California high school state tournament coming up uh, this weekend. So Matthew, just uh, uh, your uh, closing thoughts, who would you predict to be your top three teams for this upcoming tournament? Um, if I had to pick, it would probably be Buchanan, Clovis, and oh, number three is kind of hard. Um I'm going to say it's going to be a toss up between Clovis North and I'm going to, I might be giving Tomeco Valley too much credit, but I'm going to say number three is either going to be Clovis North or Tomeco Valley. All right. Well, we'll have to see if, uh, if your predictions are going to be right for that. So uh, um, thanks again uh, for coming out uh, and to everyone. Uh, hope that uh, you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we're really going to try and, and um, keep things exciting to try and uh, bring you some interesting takes on what we uh, see going on in wrestling. And uh, as you know, uh, come, you know, in the upcoming weeks and uh, the next month, that's when things are going to get really interesting because that's when the NCAA tournaments, the NAI tournament are going to start coming up. So we're hoping that we're going to be able to bring you some, some coverage and some uh, opinions, previews, and reviews about that tournament. So uh, once again, uh, I am John, and uh, this is Matthew from the Samurai Brothers Wrestling Channel. And I uh, hope to see you next time signing out.